0: let's get into the gospel of thomas we're working with three versions we're in the middle of it uh everybody should have the links we're going from the marvin meyer translation to the thomas lambden translation to an interlinear uh, from the coptic i believe from andrew bernhardt last time we ended at uh, saying 54 and we start today with saying 55, um, which may, uh, you see, there is again some kind of um, narrative structure here where these are not um, isolated sayings um, or um, independent sayings that were strung together like pearls on a necklace, but uh, a sequence of um, idea development, development of ideas. One after another in certain portions of this gospel, and so in saying fifty three there's a discussion about circumcision, which is really uh the students asking Yeshua to reformulate uh Hebrew teachings in fifty four uh Yeshua saying blessings on the poor, theirs is the kingdom of heaven uh a reversal of the um hierarchical system of society in which the rich and the powerful um, are considered superior I mean whether we know it or not seems to me um, there is a deep mind belief most everyone has that those that are rich and powerful are superior morally or ontologically or essentially in some way to those that are poor and uh, powerless and Yeshua reverses that says no uh, the, the kingdom will inha- the, the the poor will inherit likewise in saying 55 where we pick up today which is um, at first glance um, kind of shocking uh, and there's um, a kind of metaphysical reversal being spoken here 55 from Meyer Yeshua said those who do not hate their father and mother cannot be my students And those who do not hate their brothers and sisters and bear the cross as I do, will not be worthy of me. Lambton, Jesus said, whoever does not hate his father and his mother cannot become a disciple to me. And whoever does not hate his brothers and sisters and take up his cross in my way will not be worthy of me. So, mm, exoterically, um, it's an injunction to hate your father, mother, brothers and sisters. That doesn't sound very spiritual or very heart-centered or very helpful (laughs) to uh, positive development or development on the positive path. Definitely not. What does it mean? I don't think that he's saying, obviously, uh, you ought to hate your parents and hate your siblings. Uh, Now, if we look at the interlinear, um, it's the same, it's not too much different. Says Yeshua, he who hates his father, not with his mother, he shall be able to me he shall be able to be made disciple not to me he shall be able to be made disciple not to me and he not he hates his brothers with his sisters and he bears his cross in my manner he shall become not made worthy of me so again you know uh, the one who doesn't hate father and mother the one who doesn't hate brothers and sisters can't be his disciple can't follow And needs to take up his cross the the you know this is my uh, poor interpretation of of a great teacher and a translation that were in a fragment that that may or may not be accurate (laughs) he may or may not have ever said this and may have said it to a certain disciple or student in a certain time for a certain purpose that the context in which the context now is lost. The point is this hate or rejection of family, parents and siblings is associated with taking up one's own cross in his way, in his manner. Uh, And the point is to take up the cross in his way, in his manner. And that then leads one to be a disciple or his disciple and then worthy. Somebody could certainly shoot down Yeshua as you know a bad guy and uh, uh, an egotist. You know, why I I have to hate my parents to be worthy of you? What kind of craziness is that? If anybody said that, Nietzsche didn't say that, Gautama didn't say that. You know, Ramana Maharshi wouldn't say that. You got to hate your family to be worthy, to be of, to follow me. Sounds pretty arrogant and uh, and uh, pretty service to self. I don't think that's really what, what this is although this may be a heavily distorted fragment um, it seems to be one way to look at it then is taking up one's cross is associated with standing apart and, and some deliberate rejection of the way of one's family uh, t- standing, um, taking up one's own cross is what does that even mean? And that's actually the critical, um, the, the critical point or teaching here. To become a disciple, to be worthy of being a disciple, to be uh, in the way of Yeshua, one, ta- one needs to take up one's own cross. Take up one's own cross. What is your own cross? it's you can say it's the it's the cross of spirit matter and positive negative, right head to toe and left arm to right arm. what is that that's the human cross um, the cross of um, of the ages. what is it well it's the uh, balance a, a skillful balance of spiritual material and the ways of um uh, receiving and giving in human relationship left hand receiving right hand giving head spirit feet material the integration of spirit and body or cosmic and material with uh, the human on the human plane horizontal of receiving left hand and giving right hand or left hand path right hand path or service or self-oriented um, tendency in ter- uh, and offer and self-offering tendency, the way of receiving and giving, the way of taking and giving, the way of selfishness and the way of selflessness, and the reality of Godhead in the head or spirit, uh, the light in the head, being our essence and where we're from and return to, and the reality of feet planted on earth in the material realm, three D spacetime. Taking up one's cross is uh, making peace with that, qua- with that quaternity, the quaternity of spirit matter, um, selfish, selfless, or receiving, giving, and um, joining hands with others, uh, holding and letting go, taking and giving, um, the ways of control and the ways of love. Now, the positive path uh, doesn't you know, get balanced by sometimes pretending or enjoying negativity. Some people have this sort of shallow, what I think is a shallow interpretation of the positive path balance. Love all things, which means sometimes uh, it's good to be ruthless, you know, and evil or, or service to self to be on the positive path. No. But certainly the cross is the willingness um, to do the hard work of integrating spirit matter uh, and the ways of selfish, selfless, or the natural tendency to take and hold versus the positive path of allowing through and offering out. This is a one interpretation of um, making taking up one's cross, making the needed sacrifices and balances and integration and adjustment uh, of the upper and the lower. In mind, right? The 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 way the 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 place of balance between spirit and matter um, is the heart. The heart, you know, the Rosy Cross, Rosicrucian. The Rosy Cross is blue green center, of course. The true mind, the heart mind, the heart mind is the position on the cross where we are pinned, uh, or where we remain in the incarnation. Integrating and balancing spirit matter uh, with the tendencies of selfish, selfless. Or the desire to take and keep versus the higher uh, appreciation of uh, allowing through and offering out, which is the heart of the positive path. Now, to do that, (laughs) you can't follow your parents and your siblings. No, you cannot, because they may not be doing it. If you follow their way you won't necessarily do the deep inner work, unless they're doing the deep inner work too. And that may be uh, akin to what he's saying here. 56. Yeshua said, Whoever has come to know the world has discovered a carcass. Dead, dead frame. And whoever has discovered a carcass of that person, the world is not worthy. The world is not worthy. So we're talking about worthiness, right? What's, how to be worthy of being a disciple of Yeshua or on the way is the requirement to take up one's cross. Then we're talking about uh, the world being worthy or not to the one who um, knows the world's um, um, downfall, the downfall of the worldly. in 56, Jesus said, Whoever has come to understand the world has found only a corpse, and whoever has found a corpse is superior to the world and so uh you know true spiritual teachers they don't they don't worry about um misinterpretations of the politically correct intoxicated um they may you know we all have blockages and um only you know fourth stage arhat or buddha or those that are, have achieved complete and perfect enlightenment are without selfishness and without distortion, and only God is all good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, only the logos is without sin. But the, the, the use of the word superior is not harmful if, if we understand it right. It's like there are certain words that people are taught not to say now um, because of political correctness, which is a form of mental tyranny, nothing less. It's a form of mental totalitarianism. In my view Uh, um, and yet it it restricts our understanding there is superior and inferior in terms of the development of qualities and so here we're talking about you know the person who's discovered the world to be a corpse is superior to that world which is a corpse is not worthy of the world the world is not worthy of that one he's superior in terms of awareness of of reality not necessarily ontological being or nature. It's not like, you know, um, a human is superior to an animal, but they're not equal. <laughs> they have quite vastly different development of of function, mental function, particularly consciousness function. So, there is superior consciousness, but that doesn't mean that is a superior being, because all is one. Now, if that's understood, uh, one can speak freely about superior-inferior there is superior and inferior development of quality. That doesn't mean that being is ontologically or morally better, better or worse. Uh, then, we go to the lab, to the interlinear, says Yeshua, he who did recognize the cosmos, the world system, did he find a corpse? And he who did find a corpse, the world system, is worthy of him not. And so, this is akin to um, hating your father, mother, brother, sister, which really means rejecting the worldly. Uh, I don't recommend hating anybody. I think it's a, a distortion if we get stuck in hate, obviously. But there is a sort of ideological or metaphysical rejection of the worldly necessary to develop the higher. The worldly is sub-diaphragmatic. The worldly is the lower triad. The worldly is the world of the heilic and the psychic. The world of the first three chakras. The world of physical, material, emotional, mental, intellectual, social, um, 3D space-time, physicality, materiality, the world of body and the world of body-mind. And it has to be put in its place in the mind, in our understanding, in our view to be able to be free of recycling in it. And so he who recognizes the world system, the cosmos is a corpse. Now, does that mean 3D space-time? Does it mean the seven-dimensional octave? You can say both, but I think we're really talking about uh, the limitations of of this plane of existence. But you can certainly apply that from a Buddhist perspective, or raw material, or uh, Hindu, Advaita Vedanta, Nityananda's view that the entirety of um, created existence um, is of death, is of samsara, is of birth and death, is of impermanence and uh, insubstantiality, and eventually gets left behind. Of course, the path goes out of seventh density to the community of the guardians, the lords of karma and the guardians in AD, of course. So the whole thing is of death or dead. And the life that animates the corpse of the octave, or the life that runs the materiality of 3D space-time, is God, is the logos, is the Heavenly Father, is intelligent energy, who's born of infinity. Um, You know, the origin of energy or origin of light is the activity of free will upon love. So, it's Godhead that is the life um, of matter, and vibration or matter... Matter energy is, uh, exists by the fiat of the one that lives. So the body, I mean, you know, I sometimes look at the human body and think it's all dead except for the eyes. Only the eyes are alive in the body. The rest is a corpse. Even a person's alive. Because the eyes um, are, are, are of anime, uh, are not Japanese anime, but are, are of the, the spirit of animation. The uh, vital, elon vital, the uh, vitality of the body is seen in the eyes in a way it is not seen anywhere else, in my view. And so, the world is a corpse, as a dead body. Uh, And in some way, it's very true that one has to uh, make priority. One has to um, have an ordering of one, two, three. And sometimes we can't take care of one, two, three. We have to take care of only one and and leave behind two and three. We have to make decision, the right decision. And this is not, you know, I'm not saying anything more than what I'm saying. I'm not saying should reject family or should reject anything. But I'm saying, indeed, uh, when one knows the um, the limitation, the metaphysical limit of staying in third density, or the, the, the continuing the way of of being a materialist and seeing no more than the material world, when one knows the limits of the, the limited value of that perspective and way of living, one needs to reject it uh, and then integrate. And that's sort of being on the cross, is um, you know, head in heaven, feet on earth, um, mind heart open. Receiving and giving. So, anyway, this could be all discovered, discussed much more deeply. 57 from Meyer. Yeshua said, The Father's kingdom is like someone with good seed. His enemy came at night and sowed weeds among the good seed. He did not let them pull up the weeds, but said to them, No, or you might go to pull up the weeds and pull up the wheat along with them. On Harvest Day, the weeds will be conspicuous and will be pulled up and burned. Uh, We are here now at the Harvest Day. (laughs) Today, or this time on Earth, is the time of harvest, obviously. It is the uh, apocalypse of Armageddon, the revelation of the final... um, the revelation of the final conflict and... um, metaphysical opposition between the positive and negative ways of living the revelation there are two paths there is that which includes love and there is the way without love and everyone needs to make a choice or needs to confirm and reaffirm that choice let's say obviously we've made our choices we have our values we need to know our values and i think reaffirm them daily and that's a challenge uh, and that's on the cross that's the way on the cross Yes. so 57 from uh, My, uh, from Lambdon. Jesus said the kingdom of the father is like a man who has good seed his enemy came by night and sowed weeds among the good seed the man did not allow them to pull up the weeds he said to them I am afraid that you will go intending to pull up the weeds and pull up the wheat along with them. For on the day of the harvest, the weeds will be plainly visible and they will be pulled up and burned. Uh, For those with eyes to see, today the weeds are plainly visible. Yes, indeed, the weeds are plainly visible for those who can see. And the good seed is also plainly visible. The good seed, uh, the way of love and, and, uh, and wisdom. The way of love and, and harmlessness and truth is the good seed. And the way of control by force and domination and deception uh, is, is the weed, the way of the weeds. And today we can see, um, we have the revelation uh, of the two ways uh, shown plainly before us, if we can see. And um, it's good to see. So the kingdom of the Father, like a man who has good seed, Um, it produces good crop. It produces that which nourishes body, mind, spirit. And so the kingdom of the Father, which is the sovereignty, you'll see in the interlinear, uh, the sovereignty of God, the Logoic sovereignty, um, is, um, in this case, we're talking about, you know, the kingdom uh, is a man. (laughs) A good man is like that kingdom the kingdom of the Father, or the way of the positive path, or the way of Atman, or the heart, mind, wisdom, awareness of Atman in sixth density, knowing unity, I would say, is like good seed, like a man with good seed, like a source of good seed, which is a source of nourishment uh, for soul. But, <laughs> on earth, <laughs> the enemy came, called Orion, and in stealthily, Sowed weeds among the good seed, meaning bad seeds were put in with the good seed and produce a bitter fruit called weeds, which we see today, or the human history of violence destruction service self tendency is the weeds that are the result of an enemy, the enemy, the enemy of humanity is orion forty 40-. negative and and all those who all those who make um, enemies make humanity to be their enemy is our enemy our enemy is those who consider us their enemy which is uh, basically those on the surface of self path um, in 3d and above that's their way (laughs) they make enemy because they have to keep fighting for more power so in this case the man um, the kingdom of the father man the man who is like the kingdom of the father didn't allow didn't allow um, the people to uproot the weeds. The 3D negatively oriented souls are here now till harvest. The 3D negatively oriented souls, Illuminati and all the power oriented folks that lie and cheat and have lots of pride in themselves, they're all Hylix and Psychics. Um, they have not, they, the Logos have a, has allowed them to stay in this plane until the end of the cycle. Yeah, that's part of the plan. That's part of an opportunity given to them to continue on their path, an opportunity given to everybody else to use the catalyst of those negatively oriented souls being here and doing their thing for us to continue getting clearer on our path and for most people to get on the path or to certify their moral values. And so... um, he said, the the kingdom of the father man, the man who is like the kingdom of the father, or the man who is like the logos, I would say, or the logos, I'm afraid you'll go along intending to pull up the weeds, pull up the wheat. And so there wasn't a holocaust of humanity <laughs> that uh, devastated the population, um, you know, ever. There were many holocausts and, and uh, genocides, but the humanity population has been growing 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 all the way up to now right seven seven billion plus this is I think associated with logoic plan not to pull up weeds um, in in that it might hurt the wheat or those on the positive path now the truth of course is that the logos it, it doesn't really prefer those on the negative uh, those on the positive path it, it, there's no really you know I, I don't presumed to say that the Logos um, loves evil, lo- loves good and hates evil, or um, has a preference. Ross said, the original desire is that entities seek and become one. And there are two paths. 90% of the souls, though, go on the positive path. And um, yet, this is a particular world where those, the 10%, or those who end up going to forty 40- negative are allowed to be here during this cycle. Uh, and one reason we could say this is all of this one could reflect on further and discuss at length um, is to not harm the goodly souls um, who would suffer in some kind of a global holocaust before the end of the cycle, and this is also mitigates against the idea of World War III, and supportive of the idea of the reality of UFO flybys over ICBM silos in the U.S. and Russia. De, you know, taking uh, deactivating their codes of those important, helpful men's productions. So, uh, but <laughs> there will be a day of harvest, and and this day of harvest, to me, also suggests or supports the notion that it is a discrete um, singularity, a um, discontinuous event of a limited time. Um, that is the harvest. We're in the time of harvest, but there is a day of harvest. No man shall know the hour. The Logos hasn't even decided it yet. Um, It's, you know, to be arranged. But there will be, I believe, a day, a discrete, limited time period in which there's dimensional shift. And there'll be no more 3D bodies in 3D. Now, that's just my view. But on that day, what? The weeds are plainly visible. They're pretty... Pretty plainly visible now and they'll be pulled up and burned um, you know I'm not sure about that but they'll there's certainly going to be a lot of um, human souls that go into um, Gehana and uh, the hell realm uh, after this incarnation there are a whole lot of folks that are gonna uh, fill up the lower astral and um, from the interlinear says Yeshua The sovereignty of the Father, it is like a person. Has he a seed, is good it? Did his enemy come in the night? Did he sow a weed in addition to the seed which is good it? It is good. Did not the person permit them to uproot the weed? Did not the person permit them to uproot the weed, says he to them, lest perhaps you go... In order to uproot, or in the future uproot the weed, you uproot the wheat with it. But (laughs) in the day of the harvest, the weeds shall appear forth, they shall uproot them, and they shall burn them. And so, uh, (laughs) this has a lot of bearing on the present time on earth. And the revelation of the two paths, which is the Armageddon conflict, or uh, existential metaphysical opposition between the two ways of love versus control. And those um, who've chosen either are plainly visible to those with eyes who see. 58. Meyer Yeshua said, blessings on the person who has labored and found life. And so this is inner work, labor, finding your life, (laughs) that which is beyond birth and death. Life is beyond death. True life with a capital L is the power that is the love power, the infinite love power that is the basis of light, which is the basis of the seven rays and all energy fields and all matter. All matter is the precipitation, we may say, of energy fields. Those energy fields, seven-dimensional, are the differentiation, vibratory manifestation of light that light is the product of free will and love in union, or the nature of that light is the life, the uh, divine life, which is infinite power love. Divine life, or this life that we may find, is the infinite power love, infinite love power that is the substance or the nature of the light <clears throat> that that is our source so so i believe 58 lambdon jesus said blessed is the man who has suffered and found life so you see it may not be labored it may be suffered but surely spiritual work is suffer suffering <laughs> you know you can't be free of dukkha until you pass through dukkha and uh, Ken Bach and I talked about this yesterday. Um, I don't think you can really be free of lower chakra blockage without uh, suffering the pain of the catharsis uh, of um, you know the the tendencies um, in mind emotion, the energetics, the the somatic sensory aspect of lower chakra blockage, being the angst and pain of the fear and the sorrow. And the grasping and the anger aversion all of which we carry associated with long-term lower chakra blockages I don't think one can be free of it without suffering its catharsis and that's labor (laughs) that's work that's giving birth blessed is the man who suffered and found life and we go to the interlinear says Yeshua a blessed one is the person who did suffer did he find the life Ah, it's THE LIFE, with a capital L. Um, Now, not everybody who suffers um, becomes (laughs) heart-centered, you know, positively-oriented. But all those who become positively-oriented, heart-centered, or uh, self-based in love, truth, honesty, harmlessness, um, you know, the seeking the one in, uh, in... Love honesty. Uh, the the one who continue who knows that and keeps seeking does suffer. It there is suffering on the path, and there is no fast, quick fix. Actually, uh, any quick fix is a um, very temporary <clears throat> and very limited fix. Um, anything great, any great achievement takes great effort to achieve. That's pretty simple, you know. We haven't outgrown that with our clever intellect. Any, any great achievement requires great labor or effort, which involves suffering, to create. <clears throat> Seems to me, uh, quick fix is uh, shallow and temporary. 59 from Meyer. Yeshua said, look to the living one as long as you live, or you may die. And try to see the living one, and you will not be able to see. Uh, 59 from Lambden. Jesus said, Take heed of the living one while you are alive, lest you die and seek to see him and be unable to do so. And of course, it's a very common uh, Buddhist Hindu um, Upadesha instruction teaching that. Uh, it's not a good idea to wait until you're old and grisly before you embark on meditation or uh, jump onto the spiritual path in any more serious way. It's better to start now and get into it and go as far as you can or do as much as you want, but what's best for our own welfare, this view, which I think is totally true, is the earlier the better and the more the better, <clears throat> which is what? Study, the discipline of understanding. Meditation, seeking, learning, and a purifying mind, which really means getting rid of the unnecessary and seeing clearly the commitment, you know, the love of truth and the love of love. And so in a formal way, that becomes um, a commitment to spiritual learning and practice. And that's not much different than take heed of the living one while you're alive. Or, in his case, maybe he's saying, you know, listen to me now before I die. But we can also say, <clears throat> uh, appreciate what you've got while you've got it, and make hay while the sun shines, and uh, if it's worth doing, uh, it may be well worth doing now. Um, not always, obviously, there's timing and, and complicated dynamics, but every true spiritual teacher... Um, of the path is my, in my experience um, emphasizes in their teaching to some degree the uh, reality of precious human birth. Gautama spoke of it, the um, preciousness of this very limited opportunity we have while in the body to do work. Ross said, "Walking in dar- uh, working in darkness with a tiny candle." Uh, living uh, under the veil in 3D physical, like in darkness, with very, very limited awareness, very, very limited perception, very, very limited mental, uh, physical capacities, actually, compared to where we're from and where we're going. Yet, um, this is a precious opportunity to get get your shit together, (laughs) to develop green-blue indigo, to develop green-blue indigo. Uh, because <clears throat> when you get old, you may, not be, you may not have the mental, physical capacity to, to seek and learn and grow. And after you die, it's um, game over, test over, and you're going to go where your mind has become. After you die, you will go where your mind has become. What your mind has become is where you'll go. And so, um, develop the inner now, because after you die, you'll be living in the inner. And that's what time-space is, is the inner. 59, from Interlinear, says Yeshua, Look at him who is living while you live, lest because of your deaths also yourselves seek to see him, and you shall be permitted to be able not to see. It's interesting, much more formal phrasing. Look, you know, ehi biku, Look uh look at the one who's living. Uh while you're alive, don't wait. Um seek <laughs> seek now. Uh don't don't procrastinate your own salvation. Um, because lest, you know, unless or um uh, unfortunately should then your death occur and then you want to seek or see Yeshua, you know, or uh, you want uh, to develop something that's uh, really important and you don't have any more time because uh, the life is over. So, I think we can understand that. Uh, it's important to, <laughs> to understand that this life won't last forever. That's comforting if we're in pain, but it's not comforting um, knowing that what we have neglected Um, we will be fully aware of on the other side and to the degree that we've gotten ourselves into a bad way we will experience very uh, tangibly in (laughs) time-space the consequences of having harmed uh, self in mind and the uh, development of mind is where we will live after this life 60 from Meyer He, Yeshua, he saw a Samaritan carrying a lamb as he was going to the land of Yehuda. He said to his students, that person is carrying the lamb around. They said to him, then he may kill it and eat it. He said to them, he will not eat it while it is alive, but only after he has killed it and it has become a carcass. They said, otherwise he cannot do it. He said to them, Yeshua said in reply to them, So with you, seek a place of rest, or you may become a carcass and be eaten. <laughs> now, I don't think he means you're going to be physically eaten, <clears throat> but the idea is, um, uh, like, like the lamb <clears throat> carried around, that will then be killed and eaten, um, and can only be eaten after being killed, after becoming a carcass, meaning a dead body, a corpse, likewise with the students, seek a place of rest, <clears throat> which means seek the end of plane, the end of wandering, distorted, deluded wandering plane. Uh, seek um, to rest in truth and seek to uh, stop the unnecessary, uh, or you may become a carcass and eaten. No, I don't know what that. I don't think that means somebody's going to eat them. But um, it's really talking about um, letting oneself be harmed by neglecting one's spiritual work, neglecting spiritual inner work, and thereby uh, letting oneself be harmed. Sixty from Lambden, they saw a Samaritan carrying a lamb on his way to Judea. You say there was no Israel at that time, it was just called Judea, or some parts were. He said to his disciples, That man is round about the lamb. They said to him, So that he may kill it and eat it. He said to them, While it is alive, he will not eat it, but only when he has killed it and it has become a corpse. They said to him, He cannot do so otherwise, meaning he has to kill it before he eats it. He said to them, You too, look for a place for yourself within repose. Lest you become a corpse and be eaten. And so that, that, that's the teaching. Look for a place for yourself within repose. You can say, "Look for repose within yourself. Look for a place. Look for a place for yourself to live. Look for a new place to live. Look for a way of living within the way of repose. Repose is different than activity or work. But uh, we've talked about, you know, labor and work um, as necessary already. So it's <laughs> the spiritual labor of repose, or the, <laughs> the reposed nature uh, of spiritual work. Repose really means, I think, uh, resting from worldly ambitions, and coming to peace in heart. And... um. Uh, ending the way of wrangling and struggling uh, going straight (laughs) straight within or straight to the heart to the heart mind uh, living straight and no longer being crooked uh, straightening yourself up on straight and narrow Um, but there's a certain quality of peace or rest or repose or tranquility uh, associated with cutting off Uh, attachments or being free of attachments to the worldly uh, to the way of worldly ambition or seeking to get more and more and more Um, in some ways it's also a repose from desire worldly desire or body-mind desire so it goes pretty deep 60 from the interlinear they see a Samaritan he's carrying a lamb he's going into the Judea says he Yeshua to his disciples that one in the turning or seeking the lamb say they to him so that he will kill it and he will eat it says he to them while it is alive he will eat it not, but rather if he kills it and it becomes a corpse, meaning then he'll eat it say they by another method he will be able to do it he will be able to do it not <laughs> meaning he can't there's no other way he can do it to eat it you got to kill it. Says he to them, Yourselves also you seek. Consequently, a place for yourselves in a repose on, up, on ups houses. On up houses. That's the word. On up houses. And that's the word to look at. What is on up houses? And um, we can look at that. We've looked at that before. Um, you yourselves, yourselves also you seek. Consequently, meaning you'll please do seek. Consequently, a place for yourselves in a repose, in anapausis, so that you become not corpses and they eat yourselves. Meaning, you don't become a corpse and get eaten by somebody. And um, we've looked at this anapausis before um, from Mr. Strong, Mr. Strong's Greek. Um, It's cessation from labor or refreshment and nourishment. So the notion of tranquility as nourishment. Um, you can say that tranquility is a form of nourishment. You can say that the essence of nourishment is tranquility. Or cessation from labor, repose and rest. Uh, inner rest. So inner rest or tranquility is so- surely a form of spiritual nourishment. You can say that all spiritual nourishment also partakes of this quality of tranquility. And... um you know, every, every true spiritual teacher says uh, detach from the unnecessary, detach from the lower, but the lower is up to you, right? If you want to, uh, you know, roll in the mud or do anything, go right ahead and there'll be consequences and there are <laughs> um, greater and lesser consequences or, or consequences of greater and lesser value and help and benefit and benevolence and beneficence for you based on the actions you do. So, what's superior action is that which has superior consequence. That which is inferior action, um, or lowly, um, basically simply has inferior uh, consequence. Do whatever you want, and um, reap the consequences. That's the way it goes. So, uh, nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't mean anybody's better or worse, but there are better and worse consequences to various forms of activity or intention. Kama is intention, not simply activity, the intentional basis of activity. So, but anyway, Anapausis is the way to go, and this inner rest, tranquility, which is nourishing, uh, is the way to become, is the way to make sure you don't become a carcass and get eaten, (laughs) or ground up in the worldly ways, or taken advantage of by others who may wish to take advantage or tangled up in things that are not helpful for us. So, uh or inner rest tranquility, is very uh, critical to know. Getting close to the end here, saying 61, um, also long from Meyer. Yeshua said, two will rest on a couch, one will die, one will live. Salome said, who are you, mister? You have climbed on my couch and eaten from my table as if you are from someone. Yeshua said to her, "I am the one who comes from that, from that, from what is whole. I was given from the things of my father." So again he says, "I am the one who comes from what is whole. I was given from the things of my father." Salome said, "I am your student." Yeshua said. I say, if you are whole, you will be filled with light, but if divided, you will be filled with darkness. And that's uh, probably the origin of the saying, if thine eye be single, thy body shall be full of light, or filled with light. If you are whole, if you understand unity, <laughs> if you have unified body, mind, spirit, and when the seven returns to one, uh, you're filled with light. Light, intelligent energy. <laughs> The six chakra, Ya, yeah, intelligent energy is light, and the, um, the access to intelligent energy associated with contact with intelligent infinity, six and seven chakra uh, linkage, can only be stably achieved and established and maintained and worked with when lower triad blockages are gone, when <clears throat> blue-green uh, becomes, you know, well-developed, love-wisdom, the heart of mind and the mind-heart Um, is radiant. Then, one is filled with light, coming from six chakra down. But, if you're divided, meaning lots of conflict in mind, uh, lots of unhealed um, inner conflict, you're not happy with yourself, um, you like, you know, we're attached to self-punishment, attached to blame of other, blame of self. Uh, It's natural to blame, but it's unhelpful to get attached to blame. It's inevitable that we'll be The the distortion arises, emotional charge arises, as the indication of deeper emotional, of deeper blockage, lower chakra blockage. So, it's inevitable, it's the reality that we all have uh, lower triad blockages. It's manifestation uh, as emotional charge uh, arising uh, in this situation or that is inevitable. The reality of those distortions in mind conflicts, unhealed, uh, psychodynamics is inevitable the question is to what extent do we say stuck there and to the degree we're stuck we're divided and mm, i don't know about filled with darkness but there is uh obstruction of the light and so go to lambden this is going to be the last uh, f- saying for the day two will rest on a bed the one will die and the other will live salome said who are you man that you have come up on my couch and eaten from my table this may be a sexual allusion here <clears throat> jesus said to her i am he who exists from the undivided i was given some of the things of my father she said i guess i am your disciple he said therefore i say if he is destroyed he will be filled with light huh. but if he is dis- divided he will be filled with darkness. <clears throat> now, there you go. Now you want to see how translation translators play God. Um, <laughs> the typical translation is, if you are undivided, <clears throat> if you are whole, if thine eye is single, you're filled with light. Meyer follows that. But Lambden says, if he is destroyed, he'll be filled with light. Hmm. But if he's divided, he'd be filled with darkness. How can that be? Uh, so, number one, uh, Yeshua sets the, the stage here where there may be two on a bed. Maybe he was lying with Salome. Who knows, right? Who knows what's going on, what really happened. Uh, but two are on a bed, meaning two are in the same time and space together. But one, <clears throat> one dies and the other lives. And that's, you know, he said, I came to bring a sword and a fire uh, and, and not bring peace, but to show, to, to reveal division, to reveal the two paths, to reveal that which goes up and that which goes down, the way of life and the way of death, the, the what is of death and what is of life, the weeds and the, you know, the, the, the tear, the, the wheat and the chaff. <clears throat> the wheat and the tares, the the that which is nourishing and that which is harmful. That's the division he came to reveal. He brought revelation. Yeshua is apocalypse. Yeshua's life was apocalyptic. It was the revelation of the two paths and the nature of the Heavenly Father and the nature of the positive path and um, the nature of... Um, Um, metaphysical moral choice, uh, its reality and um, the nature of the choice we're facing, and so he's not, and this this whole notion of, you know, Jesus, the the peacemaker, um, is a little bit limited. He he didn't make peace in the temple when he overthrew the money changers. On the other hand, he let himself be taken to, to crucifixion, so the story goes. So, got to put these two together actually and they are is this doable so two are together two are resting two are in this world right this is like the rapture <laughs> one dies and one lives and that's the way it goes baby there are two people who die in this world and one goes into 4d positive and the other one goes to the lower astral plane one goes to a long term of hell not forever but uh, they go to some period of hell mind self-torment and the other one goes off to the upper astral to prepare to go to 4D or go home to a higher dimension if they're a wanderer. yep, yeah, that's the way it goes here. The bodies are together, but after death the souls will go where they need to. <coughs> and um, Salome is asking him, who are you, man? You man, that you've come up on my couch, eaten from my table. Sounds a little <laughs> like they had some relations. <coughs> but who are you here? And so another version... Um, where Lambden says I am he who exists from the undivided <laughs> very esoteric in Meyer he said I am the one I am the one who comes from what is whole and that's very interesting because you can see that Lambdon had an easier time with this concept than Meyer the concept is the undivided the whole the non-divided I come from the undivided I exist from the undivided What is the undivided? It's the unveiled, higher dimensions. I am from above, you are from below, he said. I'm he who exists uh, from the undivided, and exists from, is different than comes from. So you can see that that Meyer's translation is much um, less sophisticated than Lambden. So Meyer says, "I'm, I'm the one who came from what is whole. Lamden says, I am he who exists from. So you don't have to say come from. The notion of, (coughs) excuse me, the notion of emerging, (coughs) the the notion of a, a, you know, interdimensional movement is, is shown by come from. The, the movement or transit is shown by the word from. So we don't need to have come from, and it may be that the original was exists from. But <clears throat> you have to have a kind of metaphysical perspective to to even phrase it this way. He who exists from the undivided. And the undivided is that which is whole. I was given some of the things of my father. <clears throat> and so, no, Yeshua is not his father. <laughs> he is the son of his father. So there is a trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Or uh, <laughs> Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. or the One Infinite Creator and the Logos and uh, the Sub-Sub-Logos Atman. The Trinity is real, but they're also consubstantial, yes. Uh, I was given some of the things of my father, not all the things, and that's very realistic. (laughs) But to say, if he's destroyed, he's filled with light, is very different than saying, uh, if you become whole, um, if you are whole like me, who come from the place that's whole, you're filled with light, that's nice and simple. But he didn't say that perhaps or there's another way of translating as Lambdon shows no it's not necessarily i'm from the place that is whole and if you too become whole you'll fill with light well that's nice but maybe that's not actually the original if he's destroyed he's filled with light destroy the false and if he's divided he's filled with darkness and so there's a linkage between this spiritual destruction right which is shiva the principle of shiva Spiritual um, destruction it's really um, uh, dropping the, the false, <laughs> slaying the unreal um, and living in truth uh, without the veils. you know the doors of perception cleansed, uh, one destroys uh, Maya or Avidya, or one can see through the illusion of limits that light is a concept or you are dancing thoughts or there is a illusory quality to life right it's uh, apparently real and essentially empty uh it's as real as your mind is <laughs> is hell real it's as real as your mind is it's as real as your mental experience or your mind sentient experience of life now and so the destruction is the destruction of the false and that's associated with achieving wholeness which is interesting so let's go to the <coughs> um, interlinear interlinear interestingly is divided into 61a and 61b and so 61a says yeshua there are two shall rest upon a bed the one shall die the one shall live so okay, there are two on a bed, two are resting. Um is this this actually is not um on a pausis, you say? Different word rest. It's really like sleep, uh or lying down. And <clears throat> one lives, one dies, okay? So they're together, uh, in the material world and then one dies too, <laughs> one dies and lives and the other one dies and uh, doesn't live says salome 61b interlinear says salome thou who o man as if from someone did thou lay did thou lay upon my bed and did thou did thou eat from my table says yeshua to her i am he who exists from in him who is equal did they give to me from those of my father? (laughs) I, thy disciple. Okay. Because of this, I say it, whenever he is, whenever he is, he equalizing, he shall be filled with light. Whenever yet he is, he dividing, he shall be filled with darkness. Now we get some real meat here. So, uh, sorry for the vegetarians. We have some tofu. We have some high-grade organic tofu. So Salome, Thou who, O man, as if from someone did thou lay upon my bed, and did thou eat from my table? So, who are you? Uh, as if you lay on my bed. So again, we're talking about laying on the bed, right? Same as before. Uh, one lives, one dies. Mm, they're together... In body, but um, how about mind and and soul? And so, uh, the two on the red, on the bed, one dying, one living, one going to death, one going to life, uh, is akin to Salome saying to Yeshua, "You're lying on my bed, or eating from my table." And so we have this contract. This we have this juxtaposition of bodies together, but mind, soul, not necessarily. Maybe, maybe not. So, what Yeshua says is critical here. He says, says Yeshua to her, I am he who exists from in him who is equal. Did they give to me from those of my father, I thy disciple? It's disciple. Because of this, I say it, whenever he is he equalizing, and that's, that's, that that's the issue is it equalizing is it whole is it divided destructed destroyed he shall be filled with light whenever he he is he dividing dividing he shall be filled with darkness so there's there is self equalizing versus self dividing <laughs> we want to be really tight with it he equalizing whenever he is he equalizing he shall be filled with light whenever he is he dividing, he shall be filled with darkness. How can you be filled with darkness? You could just be devoid of light. But Whenever a person is self-equalizing versus a person is self-dividing, distortion is self-divisional. <laughs> uh, psychopathology is self-divisional. Mm, we're talking about self-conflict, right? Psychological distress is based in psychodynamic conflict. I want it, I don't want it, or I want to help myself, but I don't like myself. <laughs> I want to go for this, but I don't think I can get it, or um, I see what's happening, and I can't accept it. I I see, but I reject, meaning I can't accept the reality uh, of what I see or know and um, any kind of defense mechanism in mind associated with psychological distress associated with unhelpful patterns, right? Unhelpful patterns of grasping aversion ignorance. Unhelpful patterns. Uh, That which is the basis of emotional charge, right? Distortions in mind as the basis of emotional charge are the manifestation of lower chakra, lower triad blockage. That is self-divisional. That is self-dividing. And that leads to darkness or obstruction of the free-flowing light, intelligent energy, from root to crown. Yeah, of course. So, what is self-equalizing? <laughs> That's um, very interesting. So, it's really quite interesting, you see. Um, Meyer took the easy way and said, Okay, well, if you're whole, like I come from the place of wholeness, I'm the one who comes from what is whole, and so if you're whole, you're filled with light. That that makes sense, but it may be... Um, Uh, the easy way out from a more difficult translation or a translation of a more difficult metaphysics that's being presented in the original we can say yeah he came from where he came from that which is whole and if you two are whole meaning undivided you will be filled with light Lambden uh, didn't take the easy way and um, said "Uh, I am he who exists from the undivided okay but he wrote, uh, translated, if he is destroyed, he'll be filled with light. Now, how we get uh, being destroyed, or, equ- you know, the, 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 the uh, 61B interlinear, uh, whenever he is self-equalizing, whenever he is he-equalizing, he shall be filled with light. This equalizing, let's call it self-equalizing, equalizing versus dividing. Dividing, um, you know, um, the opposite, the antonym, to dividing is uh, unifying. Well, why is it equalizing, not unifying? I don't know. Um, There is a (laughs) self-equalization. What does it mean? Uh, First chakra and seventh chakra are equal? Uh, All the chakras being unblocked, more or less, have become equalized? In some sense, to the extent that, that... that the many becomes one. The distinction of each of the many is lost, is destroyed. The destruction of differentiation, um, at least at the level of view, um, and um, interaction, in some sense, is associated with unity, right? Being seek and become one. Okay, well that's nice. Seek and become one is this same as he equalizing, self equalizing. It leads to being filled with light. Uh, but this, there is, there. It's a very, very famous um, perspective in Chan Buddhism. Um, there's, in fact, there's probably a, a Chan Buddhist sutra. I think called not a sutra. It's a commentary like on making all things equal. Or maybe this is actually Chongsu. Actually, I think it's Mr. Dear Chongsu, the Taoist. I believe in the text called Chongsu. There is a there is a chapter called on making all things equal that's very very nice. So this ain't new and um Su in his uh, mountain mountain uh, hut uh 20 2300 3, years ago knew this too. On making all things equal is self-equalizing is um seeing the seeing that all is god, <laughs> seeing that all is love light. Um seeing beyond the many to realize the unity of the many the many is 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 apparent obviously but its essence is one and that can be done not only by a, you know some perspective change i mean it's this is what happens with awakening you can pretend to do it by intellectual you know clever rethinking oh okay everything's equal it's very much akin to Ross saying, see um you know, look around you, see the Creator. Look at other beings, look at objects, look in the mirror, see the Creator. That is a self equalizing. Nityananda said, everyone is God. Uh, see the Creator. Same. This is self equalization or making all things equal, like Jongsu said. And sorry, it's not Chan, it's Jongsu. And um that is associated with enlightenment <laughs> or being filled with light or making bringing the the seven back to one the seven rays or differentiation back to source returning the source and that's you know seeking and becoming one all the same so you can't really say being destroyed uh, it's not that he is destroyed but there is a self-equalization or an equalization Uh, a a, um, trans-differentiation process, a process of de-differentiation, or going beyond differentiation, Uh, seeing um, the one um, in the many, seeing that the many is the one, seeing the one that lives now appearing as the many. So anyway, We went really long today. Thank you. Uh, Next time... uh, But otherwise to say, if you are whole, you're filled with light. That's not too bad. (laughs) So Meyer did a pretty good job anyway. uh, Next time we're going to start with uh, 62. Saying 62. So we only uh, did 6 or 7 here today. But that's okay. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I appreciate... uh, The chance to do this, I hope it's been helpful to the people who've been listening. Take good care of yourselves, see you next time, and good night.